Warning. This podcast discusses paranormal activity and other topics some might find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, hello, everybody. I am your host, Ashley, and welcome to Ghost Gossip. Look who I have in my new studio today. It's me, y'all. How you doing? Yes, he's still around. He has been rehired for today's episode. Yeah, it's just a uh, temporary gig. I mean, I would love to have him on more, but he does not love doing this with me. I love you, though. You do love me. And that's, that's really what matters. Yes, it does matter. And that's kind of why we're here, because he loves me so much that he flew with me all the way to Arkansas from South Carolina, and we went to Crescent Hotel. Can we just agree that it should be pronounced Arkansas? Arkansas. (laughs) You're the only person I hear say that. I think that's really all that matters. Okay, well, (laughs) well, we are here. We have moved from the basement in effort to make my studio equipment more present in my life. I moved it out of the basement up to my office on the first floor. And now it's right next to my bedroom and I stare at it when I walk by. And I really like the co-host chair. Yes. He is legit in a recliner with the microphone teetering over his head (laughs) and he's kicked back, relaxed. In my Snuggie. In his Snuggie. I'm in my Snuggie too, but he is in his Snuggie, his wearable blanket, with a kangaroo pouch for his phone. And I'm happy as can be. He is happy as a clam. But how are you doing, everybody? Where have you been? Where have you been? Yeah, let us know. Yeah, where? what have you been doing? Because I know that I have been ignoring this podcast like it's a doctor's visit. Maybe not so much ignoring it, but just dealing with life. Life has been hard. Life has been very hard, and I'm not going to get into it, but it has really been one of the most difficult seasons of our life and we have been juggling life and three children who are all in middle school guys how do you survive middle school I don't know if I'm going to survive middle school that's a that's a horror story that is that is a ghost episode all on its own like it is absolutely horrible how do people do this we're we're trying to figure it out but we're taking it day by day um I don't know that there's any other way to do it. So any suggestions, uh, we'll, we'll definitely take. <laughs> Are greatly appreciated. Yes. If you have survived middle school in the dreaded preteen teenage years, please drop me a message and tell me how you did it. Because I was never a huge drinker until I became a mother of three. And then I all of a sudden understood why my mom drank a beer when she got home every day. <laughs> like, mom. Why do you have a beer? My ear hurts. Well, you know what, guys? My ear hurts every day now. (laughs) (laughs) Now we understand why Bubby's ear hurts. We understand. It was me. It was me and my sister. We were the reason her ear hurt every day. (laughs) Makes makes total sense now. It does. It totally does. But back to why we're here. Daniel and I planned a trip. We had a ticket from our anniversary trip that he could not make. And we had to use this plane ticket by May or we were going to lose our money. And so we were trying to figure out where we wanted to go. We only had one day off of work and a weekend where the kids were with their other parents. 
And we decided, he goes, Ashley, let's go to Eureka Springs. Let's go to that hotel you want to go to. And guys, Daniel isn't all into this stuff like I am. Like he is just a really supportive husband, but he was all for it. It was great. It was so much fun. So much fun. And and I knew it would make you happy. I knew that would be a a unique trip. You know, Arkansas isn't somewhere (laughs) people, people tend to go all the time. Um, How many weird looks did we get when people were like, where are you going? And we're like, Arkansas. They're like, what's in Arkansas? And I'm like, "Um, the Crescent Hotel, duh. What's that? Even the bartender goes, you flew all the way out here for this. Yeah. So, but it was was a great trip. I think doing unique trips like that is, is really fun. And I had a blast. I had a great time. The people were incredibly welcoming and nice and just a, a very unique trip, and I'm looking forward to doing more of those kinds of trips. They really were very nice. If you're from Arkansas, especially northwest Arkansas, around the Ozarks. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. We have been to so many places that people kind of like, oh, you're tourist. They looked at us like, oh, you're tourist. Oh, my gosh. I'm, we're so glad to see you. Mm-hmm. One lady said this was the first time seeing people since the fall, mm-hmm. and it was incredible. So if you're from Arkansas, just know from us South Carolinians – we really appreciated the hospitality. It was very nice. It was. It was very refreshing. So we flew out of GSP in Greenville, Spartanburg, South Carolina, and flew to Arkansas. <laughs> there is no direct flight to Arkansas. <laughs> we had to go to Charlotte and then yep. Charlotte to uh, the Northwest Regional Airport. And can I just say, my husband can sleep through anything. We had some of the worst turbulence that I've ever been in, and I've flown a lot over my life, and... I was almost in a full-blown panic attack thinking that I was about to become a spirit. And he's snoring. <laughs> I was sleeping so good until were, she woke me up by squeezing my hand. You seriously were you were having the, the nap of your life. And the poor flight attendant who upset me was just staring at me, I guess making sure I was okay. And she upset me because she moved my seat. She didn't realize Daniel and I were married. We, we do not share the same last name. And so she had moved my seat thinking that he was a solo traveler and gave somebody else my seat. And so she had it upset me. So she kind of, she didn't give me special attention, but she was very attentive to me throughout the flight. So here I am having a panic attack, trying to wake him up. (laughs) And she's watching me. (laughs) And once the turbulence stopped, she goes, would you like some more wine? I'm like, yes. (laughs) And I'm still groggy and waking up. He thought it was fun. I'm sure the plane, I'm sure that's normal. But when you like suddenly drop out of the sky, it feels like, you know, a hundred feet, which I'm sure that it didn't, but that's what it felt like to me. (laughs) It was unnerving, but we made it to Arkansas. We rented a car. We had to drive over an hour from the airport Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was a beautiful drive. Hardly any cars on the road. Yeah the smoothest roads we have ever driven on like ever and the south carolina roads are in terrible shape and they just tend to do temporary patches rather than actually fix the roads yeah they don't pave our roads except like once every 10 years when somebody wrecks their car or tires start getting blown out and the city or the county starts having to pay for tires but usually they'll patch it a good 20 times before they do anything so we were driving and i know this show is not about the roads but can we just say the roads heading into eureka springs are the curviest 
roads. Yes. And I was driving, and he is the worst passenger princess, and he's clinging to life on the oh shit handle like I'm about to drive off a cliff, and I was going 20 miles per hour. It it felt like 40 to 50 (laughs) miles an hour going around those curves. (laughs) I'm on the outside edge of a lot of them, and I'm just looking down That's at our it. imminent death. We are not going to die 20 miles per hour, and I was going. I was. I believe you, but I'm just saying from. He's my, not dramatic. My feelings. <laughs> Your feelings are valid. Feelings, yes. <laughs> but beautiful, beautiful views. Beautiful views. We found a local police. <laughs> police. We found some. We found two cops yeah. the whole time we were there. Speaking of police, two officers. One on a bike and one in a car. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the whole department. Uh, we found a local place to eat in Eureka Springs, kind of on the outside of the actual, like, I guess, main strip of the town. What's it called? The Rock and Pig? The Rock and Pig. Yep. People were great there. The beer was delicious. We went and found a little place where there are working bunnies. Yes, a little gift shop. That's not a euphemism. That is a literal term. They The bunnies deliver your receipts, your pen, and your purchases to your hand yes was very cute and then we made our way to the crescent hotel Mm -hmm. and let me tell you when you drive up to the crescent hotel you don't see it until you see it no and you it's huge guys it is ginormous and it sits on top of a mountain and it's almost looming but not in a bad way but you come over and then down a hill which is funny because it sits on top of a hill but yet you have to come over a hill and go down a hill And there it is. And it's white limestone with purple chimneys. Mm -hmm. And it's massive. It's like a four or five story, which you can see, structure. And it's almost like you're transported back in time. Because even though they've maintained the building, the building is true to form to the 1800s. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. Yes, the doorknobs, the keys, the mm-hmm. the carpet, the fireplace, the furnishings, the the pianos, the organs, mm-hmm. the dining room. I mean, one of the things I thought was really cool was the key box behind the yes. Front desk. There's this giant old school little cubbyhole box that mm-hmm. held the keys, and each, each one key. was each one was numbered. Um, but it was like something you see in the movies. Was the key? Brass was our key brass, or do you think all the keys were brass, or do yeah. you just think they're metal? They were, they were all brass, I believe. It was very cool. I'm going to share pictures on my Instagram, but the keys were very cool. It was, I'm telling you, it was like we took a time machine back to the 1800s. Mm-hmm. So, just a little history. I'm not going to go too far into it because I haven't researched it. I'm just going off of what I learned while I was there. The and shout out to the ghost tour. Do you remember his name? I don't. He I don't. He was very good. He was very good. He, it was an interesting name. It wasn't like a common name. It yeah. was a very, it flowed off his tongue and it almost sounded like he was straight out of the 1800s as well. But he said that Eureka Springs was born because of the springs. People had come to the area because they believed the springs were healing. Well, he even mentioned about the Native Americans that originally right, right, right. settled land. It was a sacred, special place, no warfare. They did ceremonies. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a very special place even back then. And so people found out about these springs, and people flooded the area. And it became like the, the population jumped from just a couple thousand to 15,000 within a matter of years. And... It, it wore down the area mm-hmm. because it 
you have all these people moving in and a lot of these people were sick yeah, because they, that's why they came. Yeah, they cut down all the trees and this is on the side of a mountain. So they cut down all the trees and the soil washed away and people got even sicker. And mm-hmm. so it just became very, uh, what's the word? Kind of like Woodruff Road, no city planning. <laughs> no city. Woodruff Road in Greenville, South Carolina, there is no city planning and it is overpopulated, run down and it's horrible. Yeah, so. But Yes. So essentially they, they overran it and a gentleman came in and was like, I want to build something here. Like, I love this area. I want to build something here because this is a really nice area. This is something that people will come to and they'll have a place to stay. So he started constructing this Crescent Hotel, the 1886 Crescent Hotel. Mm -hmm. And he sought out Irish, what were they called? They were Irish stonemasons. He had gone gone back to Kansas City or St. Louis and found an investor. And the investor knew some these Irish stonemasons. Mm -hmm. So he went and met with them and they agreed to come with him back to Eureka Springs to build the Crescent Hotel. Right. And so they started building this hotel and originally it was a resort mm-hmm. and they started building it. And that's where we get one of our first reported deaths of Michael. And if you know about the Crescent Hotel, Michael is one of their most famous or infamous, however you want to describe him, spirits in the in the hotel. The ladies man. He was the ladies man. He was a 17 year old young man who was catcalling, for lack of a better term, a young lady that was walking by. And he got a little... I guess, too excited, and he fell. And he fell to his death into room 218. And that was the first reported death on the property. So after that, we're, we're going to come back to Michael, but moving forward after that, the resort became the resort, spring and summer months. It's spring and summer, yep. And then in the fall, they couldn't sustain the hotel because there wasn't enough people coming in, so they rented it out to a school a woman's college mm-hmm. and the school, the ladies would come in and it was a very prestigious school for ladies, for women and like arts and horseback riding yeah, music. Mm-hmm. And the school would run during the fall and the winter. And there were some reported deaths during that time as well. And that lasted and we'll come back to that as well, but that lasted until the great depression. And yeah. when, when the great depression hit, the resort and the college shut down. Yeah, I think he said it lasted for a couple of years. It was able to last until the early 1930s, so 1931 to like maybe 1932, and that's when it shut down. Right, and after it shut down, a an inventor, a businessman, somebody by the name of Norman Baker discovered this what it sat vacant for four years, right? He said, yeah, I think three or four years because he bought it in 1937. Seven? Yep. And so he came in and found it and bought it. And he turned it into what it is most famously known for was a cancer treatment center. Yep. Cancer curing. Cancer curing. He guaranteed a 100% success rate of curing cancer. Within six weeks. Within six weeks, guys. And, you know, Back in the 1930s, 1940s, nobody knew any different. They were hopeful. They didn't have the medical resources that we have today. And here's this guy. He had two other hospitals. And all they knew was what he said. Mm-hmm. And they believed him. Yep. He was a very charismatic gentleman. He looked like 
a doctor, although he had no medical training. He didn't even have a degree, did no, he? No, he. I don't even know. If, I don't know what grade of education he would have had, but um, he's just a very charismatic guy. Uh, was able to win people over mm-hmm. and, and very convincing, obviously. Yes, he was one of the placards we read called him a charlatan, mm-hmm. which I think is a very good term for this man. Yes, he had also he was also a vaudevillian um, actor and performer. Really? At, at one point, yes. I miss that. Yep. And he was also an inventor. He mm-hmm. invented something that made him a millionaire. Yes. And so this man was not hurting for money. Yep, he was very smart. And he was successful. And so because he was so greedy, he wanted more. And so he opened this cancer treatment facility and people poured in. From all over the world. From all over the world. And they gave him their life saving. And as we all know, there is no cure for cancer. They can treat it. They can remove it. But back in the 1930s, 1940s, there was no cure. And people were tortured. Mm -hmm. And it's... It's part of the darker history of the hotel, but being somebody that's now been there, my attraction to this hotel is because there was nothing scary there. Now, you know, you watch the YouTube and I think there it's dramatized some like, oh, there's a demon. No, there was nothing dark there. No, it really wasn't. It, we had some experiences. We had some, we had yes. some interesting experiences, but we just wanted to kind of go into the backstory some. But so what he would do is he would take these people's money. He would not give them any pain medicine. He would inject them with a concoction that he made from uh, crushed up watermelon seeds and some kind of acid that you clean medical equipment with. It was uh, carbolic acid, cloves, uh, peppermint, and some other things, basically just some spices, alcohol, water. And it was, I believe he called it formula number five. Was it number five or number seven? Maybe one of the two. Yes, it was some kind of concoction that he would inject into them seven times a day. Yep. Right into their tumors. Yep. And when he knew they were about to die, he would either send them on their way home and say, you're cured. Yep. And a lot of times these uh, these people would not even make the journey back home. They would die on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they did make it home, they would die within a few days. Uh, he had a... A knack for knowing when people were about to die. Yes, because he had two other hospitals, so yeah. he had he he had experience with this. And if they did did die, he would basically in the middle of the night shuffle the bodies out so that nobody saw the dead bodies. Yes, he hid the death. He hid them on the third floor, and so that he could maintain his claim of one hundred percent cure. But tell tell about the uh, the third floor wing that. Right. So on the third floor, we stayed in room 316. On the third floor, there was on the opposite end of the hall that we stayed on, he made an insane asylum. And when the people were really sick and in pain, because he did not administer any pain medication, he would stow them away on the third floor. And people would hear them screaming. And he would tell the other patients, oh, it's fine. They're just going crazy. And they're there for your protection, but right. they're fine. They're just, they're just having a mental health issue. And then when they would die at three thirty in the morning, a nurse would get them on a gurney and move them along the hallway while everybody was asleep and take them down to the morgue and put them in the body freezer, mm-hmm. which we were in. Yes. So that's just some history that lasted what three years. 
I believe it was three years. I think it closed in, he might have bought it in 1936. I think it closed in 1939, somewhere around there, though. Right. And he got caught by the federal government because he was mailing out mailers. And when you mail out fraudulent information in the mail, it is a federal offense. I know so well because I work for the federal government. So they busted him for mail fraud. <laughs> they busted him for mail fraud. And he went to federal prison for only a few years. To Leavenworth. Ma- to Leavenworth. And I think for, what, three years? He didn't. It, he did not get busted for killing people. No, but... I- did he die in prison? Or? No, he okay. was released and then died of liver, liver cancer. Yeah. Oh, the irony. And uh, he afforded himself uh, pain medicine. Yes, he did. That he didn't afford his patients. Yes, he did. He was something else. So he was the darkest part about mm-hmm. that hotel. And so that's kind of the history as to what kind of drew me there. And I told Daniel about it. We watched some shows about it. And when we decided to go there, we both went with the expectation of not having any experiences. We had no expectations at all of any kind of spiritual or ghostly encounters. We really just went to go for a new experience. Yeah, and I was really interested in just the architecture and the building itself. He loves history as well. And this place was just... Teeming with history. That's a good word. I was looking for a good word. You're my vocabulary man. The vocabulary man. Yes. It's your superhero name. Yes. (laughs) So about the hauntings, let's get into those. The hauntings, I have a book and I haven't read it yet, but, and that book is about the hauntings that they don't tell you about on the ghost tour itself. But I'm going to tell you about the hauntings that they told us about on the ghost tour. So the first haunting that they discussed was Theodora. Mm -hmm. And she is in room 419. They don't exactly know for certain what she did there. They know she worked there in some capacity. She was either a nurse, a housekeeper, or maybe his personal assistant. But because when he knew when the federal government was moving in, he had all his records burned. So there is no actual paper record of what she did there. But because of where her room was, they know that she was a very important person. Yes, she was on the fourth floor. She had a nice larger suite. Mm -hmm. And... One of the reports there is, they didn't go into this, but I've seen it on some YouTube shows that she actually became a patient there. Yes, she, they did They did say that Oh, she, they did? They did say that she became a patient Okay. Uh, at one point. Okay. Well, I, all I know is when we went to the fourth floor, I instantly got a headache and I had to go downstairs and get medicine. So I think I was focused on my head hurting yeah. and I think I missed a few things because I was like why is my head hurting why is my head hurting why is my head hurting well I know why my head was hurting I am very sensitive to certain energies and the moment I got to the fourth floor and stayed for a while that wasn't on the balcony instant headache so when he was talking about the Adora and what people see I was worried about my head hurting <laughs> but people are reported to see her fumbling with her keys in her purse trying to find the keys to her door. But she's at the first door, not the second door, because where they combine those two rooms to make it into a larger room. So they'll ask her, are you okay? Do you need some help? And she'll say no. And then she'll disappear. Another spirit that is known to be seen on the fourth floor and throughout the hotel, as well as the grounds of the hotel, is Brecky. And he is a four-year-old little boy who died from stomach Was it stomach cancer or stomach? It was a stomach infection. A stomach infection. And his mother, the really interesting thing about his mother, she has her own stamp 
she was very vital to labor and delivery. Yeah. Child. She was very interested in child mortality rates back then because back then the standards weren't what they were today. So a lot of children and mothers died from infection during, Mm -hmm. during and after childbirth. So she pioneered sterilization of delivery rooms and vastly decreased the mortality rates. Um, during childbirth for the mothers and uh, children. So mm-hmm. He said we all have her to thank for yeah. being alive today because of her standards that she set in the medical field as far as when it comes to labor and delivery. But Brecky ended up having, he, they, he came to the Crescent. When he was two. When he was two. And during the resort time. We're jumping around a little bit. Yep. And back then they would come. For, for the they, summer. For, they would come for, you know, two or three months at a time. Mm-hmm. They would come for the whole season. Right. And. But he developed stomach, uh, some kind of stomach infection, and that's what... And he passed away. When he was four. Right. And they said that he is a very happy spirit. He plays with his ball. Mm-hmm. He is seen running around the halls. Children report playing with a little boy that is dressed in funny clothes. Mm-hmm. And he might have a little bit of a temper tantrum every once in a while, yep. but... F- all in all, he is a very happy little spirit. What four-year-olds don't have a temper tantrum? You, what thirteen-year-olds don't have a temper tantrum? <laughs> not ours. No, ever. No, of course not. <laughs> so then we learned about Brecky, and it was it was a uh, you know it's sad, but it's nice to know like if he is still around, he's happy and yep. playing, and he sometimes gets confused as to why they won't play with him more. Where'd they go? Or some of the kids are like, where did he go? Right. Because he'll just disappear. So another spirit, let's move down to the third floor. The third floor, from what our tour guide said, is has some of the darker history of the hotel or the darker hauntings of the hotel because the fact that people died on that floor. Mm-hmm. The main report of sightings and encounters on that floor is a nurse wheeling a gurney down the hall to the elevator. With squeaky wheels. With squeaky wheels. Now, they said that seems to be like more of a residual haunting, and residual means it's not an intelligent, it's just kind of going through the motion. Almost like they're stuck in a period of time doing what they always did. Yep. And Non-responsive. Just Right. They don't know you're there. You know they're there, but they don't know you're there. And so people report seeing this nurse in a very time-appropriate uniform, wheeling a gurney with screechy wheels, going up the hallway to the elevator and dissipating. Do you want to tell them about what we heard on the third floor at 3.30 in the morning? So it was Friday night. We were obviously very tired from from traveling. Early Saturday morning at 3.33 in the morning. And we're both asleep. We both wake up to hearing very obvious scratching sounds on our ceiling moving from the wall towards the foot end of our bed and coming back over towards our heads my eyes opened up I still heard it moving across the ceiling and Ashley said Daniel Daniel they're scratching on the ceiling they're scratching on the ceiling. Now I heard it clear as, <laughs> clear as day. And I just said, it's footsteps and closed my eyes and went back to sleep. I said, that's not footsteps. I knew that it wasn't footsteps. <laughs> I closed my eyes and went back to sleep too. <laughs> um, but it was, a, it was, 
my eyes were open. I wasn't dreaming. It was definitely it was there scratching across the ceiling on our side of the ceiling, not like on right. the floor above in our room. Yeah, as so we. Daniel is a skeptic. I've said it many times before, but I, I like to think that I'm a healthy, I have a healthy level of skepticism where I try to explain things away. And we were like, maybe there's rats in the wall. Maybe there was a chair scooching over above our head because above us was a restaurant. Maybe there, you know, one person on my Instagram page, maybe it was bats, but looking at the building, a limestone building, and we are but. Between floors, not mm-hmm. in a roof, not over. There's not an attic over us. Yeah. There was another floor, another limestone floor above us. There's no way. I mean, I'm not going to say there's no way ever, but to hear bats or scratching like of rats or some kind of rodent on our side of the ceiling, it it, it doesn't make sense that it was a rodent. But the funny thing about that is the that Friday night we went to the restaurant that's directly above our room. Mm-hmm. It's completely carpeted. And the the manager, Travis, shout out to Travis. He's amazing. If you ever go there, yeah. <laughs> talk to Travis. He is a delight. Give that man a raise. He was absolutely so hospitable and just sat there and talked to us and mm. got to know us and told us about him. And, you know, we asked him, hey, do you have any encounters here? And he's like, no, I'm not dumb enough to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, I think, did I ask you know, do y'all open, are yeah. y'all open late or what time do you close? And he said, well, we have to be done by 11 because this is a functioning hotel and people are asleep. So we have to be done. And if we're not done, we have to come in and finish in the morning. Right. So at 11 o'clock every single night, they are required to stop moving up there and be done for the night. So we knew it wasn't them trying to clean up or move furniture across the floor and the floor is carpeted completely carpeted because he said they're going to renovate soon and rip all the carpet out but there's still very much carpet in the dining room up there so that was really interesting and then the tour guide mentioned the screeching going up the hallway so at the same time that we heard it and ashley and i just kind of looked at one another during the the tour like "Mm -hmm." he said 3 30 and we're like yeah so that was i think the most interesting event that happened while we were there yep Yes. And that was probably the only encounter we had. Well, no, I had one other in our room, still talking about the third floor. I had gotten my PJs on Friday night and I pulled my hair up. I have long brown hair. So I pulled it up, had it pulled up. And remember, there is a spirit there that loves women. <laughs> Something caressed my arm and I looked down. It felt like fingertips, but of course nothing was there. <laughs> And I just kind of looked down. I was like, maybe it's my hair. And then I remembered. I just pulled my hair up. So it could have been a a strand of hair that fell and gently caressed my arm on the way to the floor. (laughs) Or or it could have been something else. Or it could have been Michael just giving me a little hello. Saying hi. Hi. How you doing? Up from the second floor. Up from the second floor. Because we were one room away from being directly above his room. Correct. So it, that was really only our personal encounters while we were there. And that's okay because, like I said, we had zero expectations of anything. And it was really cool. That was really cool. So moving down to the second floor, they talked about Michael's room mm-hmm. and how women love renting out his room. Oh, yeah. They love Michael. Yep. Some people uh, wait up to two years to right. stay in his room. 
Yes. Daniel asked me, do you want Michael or Theodora's room? And what did I say? No. Oh, we didn't talk about Theodora. Well, a little bit we did. Yes, but we didn't talk about what she does in her room. Yeah, go back to that. Okay. We're going to, we're going to, sorry about jumping around. There's just so much. And we're doing this from memory because our kids went to church with some friends (laughs) and we were like, we have a moment to record this. And I really wanted to get this out for you guys. So Theodora either likes you or she doesn't if you stay in her room. And if she likes you, she'll put your slippers at the bed. She'll tidy up your change. She'll pick up the bathroom floor. But if she doesn't like you, she is reported to pack your belongings and put your belongings at the door to try to prevent you from coming back in Mm -hmm. and giving you the hint that you are not welcome in her room. But your clothes will be neatly packed. They will be neatly packed. They'll just be up against the door, so you have to really push the door open. Yes. So that is, when he asked me, do you want to stay in Michael or Theodora's room? I was like, no, I'm good. I think one of the really cool things is the change. Yes, just stack your change. Yeah, if she likes you, if you people come in and they have change in their pocket, things in and they're pocket, married. Yeah, she will uh, arrange those items and she'll stack the coins by denomination <laughs> in little piles. Yes, she does. She's. They said that she's not a fan of couples that come in that are not legally wed. Yes. she is from a time period where that was a no no. She's very. She's a neat freak. She's a neat freak, and so yes, she likes. Uh, marital bliss and she likes you to be neat and if you come in and you seem like a little bit of a hell raiser and you're fighting and messing around and she's she wants you to politely go but she is a lady so she's not going to be scary or mean she's just going to pack your shit and put it at the door (laughs) and tell you to get out (laughs) but she won't tell you to get out she'll tell you to get out without telling you to get out yes so sorry we're going to jump back down to the second floor so people wait two years to rent Michael's room. Bachelorette parties will stuff into Michael's room just to have experiences with Michael. He is said to really prefer the ladies. He kind of gets a little cheeky with the men that stay in the room. Yep. Maybe pants them or pull the covers off of them. Trip them up. Trip them. Make them look a little silly in front of their leading lady. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. And the fact, like I said, you know, there's really no way to vet all these claims, but the fact that there's more than one report of this mm-hmm. from different people that come, it just it is so interesting to me. Yeah, it's uh, and you've got multiple accounts over multiple years from different people, different backgrounds, and they're saying the same thing. I think there is some kind of credibility you have to lend there. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So moving down to the first floor, I'm sure there's other things. We did not get to go to the ballroom because there was a wedding mm-hmm. on that day. And so we did not get to take the tour of the ballroom, but from, I watched an episode of Sam and Colby and they said that there's a reportedly a couple from the Victorian era that waltzes and dances in the ballroom. And sometimes there's music heard and you can hear them dancing and we didn't get to go in there. So he didn't tell us about this, but that is something that I've heard from a YouTube episode. Okay. But the resident spirit that I was most excited about on the first floor is Morris, the district general manager. And he is a cat. (laughs) He was a cat, I should say. He has passed away a long time ago, but he was very beloved. And he is seen by children Mm -hmm. roaming the floor, sleeping by the fireplace. And he is buried right behind the hotel. I mean, feet. Feet from the hotel. And people bring him love little goodies and treats and stuffies, and they leave them on his grave. And we Mm -hmm. saw those. But they have a new 
area regional general manager they cat do. named Jasper. Jasper. Jasper loved me. Handsome boy. He's a ha- he looks like he has a little tuxedo. Yes. Little black and white kitty. Loves to sleep during the day. Mm-hmm. He manages at night. You know, he picks he, his own hours. He sleeps on Norman Baker's old desk. Tell him about the desk. It's pretty interesting. Norman Baker had a desk in his office and it's six sided, each side for one of his businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they have half the desk or yeah. part of the desk. It's not the whole desk, but they have part of the desk in the lobby of the Crescent Hotel. It's very, it's very nice. Pretty. It's beautiful. Furniture. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's very, you could just tell he's a very eccentric. Yes. He was something. Individual. And I'm not going to give him any kind of positive compliment, but he was something. Yes. So moving out to the backyard or the, I guess, where they have all their games, they have events for families regularly throughout the day, still to this day. We're going to move out. And reportedly, from the time that it was a woman's college, people see a woman falling from the ceiling right near our room, actually. And it is reported that she falls from the, did I say ceiling? Falling from the roof. Yes, from the window. From, from the penthouse. Or, yes, the penthouse, not the ceiling. But it, it is very close to where we were staying. The floor above us, or was it, it might have been the fifth floor. No, it was, it was just fourth floor. Was it? Because there's a fifth floor where the penthouses are. Because remember, the owner, the owner still lives there to this day yeah. in the penthouse on the fifth floor, which I thought was really cool. No, She's yeah. an actual person. She's not a spirit. She yeah. still lives there. Yeah, it was the fourth floor. Okay. So a college woman, one of the, the women's college students is reported to be seen falling or jumping from the roof mm-hmm. or from the penthouse suite or whatever is up there. I, I can't remember. And I will say when I walked into our room and I looked over the balcony, I saw the jacuzzi and that's the area she fell in. I instantly got lightheaded. Daniel's like... <laughs> It's just the fumes. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were doing some renovations and being the building as old as it is, they paint with oil-based paint so you could you could smell the... I was outside. From the oil-based paint. I was outside and I was instantly lightheaded when I walked outside, not inside. But, you know, he... It was the oil-based paint. Yeah, that's what, that's my story. That's what is, <laughs> that's his story. But, yes, it reportedly so. People have said that they walk out into the yard and they see a woman fall from the roof area mm-hmm. onto where would be the jacuzzi now. Mm-hmm. And to the point where they have called the police before. Mm-hmm. And the police have reported. And it's nobody. There's nobody there. By the time they get there. I mean, it dissipates yeah. once it hits the ground. Yeah. It's just a mist almost. But a woman in the mist that falls. So reportedly there was a woman, one of the students. They don't know maybe if she was with child or mm-hmm. was having an affair or something, yeah. and maybe it was her lover, or maybe a father, and but reportedly there was a man seen on the roof with her, mm-hmm. and they don't know if she leapt to her death or was pushed, or yeah. maybe just accidentally, whoops, fell. Yeah. So those are the main sightings, encounters that they told us about. Also in the yard is an area with jars of body tissue. Yeah. They just found in 2019 during yep. a, one of the landscapers was doing a gardening project <laughs> and I uh, was doing some digging um, and came across these jars and called a supervisor over and they started kind of 
digging around more and realized that this was something. It was tissue. More, yeah, re- realized there was this. There's more to it than just a couple of jars in the ground. So they called out uh, the University of Arkansas uh, Archaeological uh, Department, and they came and did a um, a dig. A dig. They had, but they had called like hazmat out, mm-hmm. the police out. Uh, and then they actually did an official archaeological dig on the site, and it's covered with a little roof now and like a plexiglass encounter uh, viewing. Yeah. Uh, so you can still see because there's still some of the jars uh, in where they dug, and then they have a lot of the jars on display in the, in uh, the, in the morgue. morgue. Yep. Yes, in the morgue. So you can view that outside. Outside, there's a pool, a heated pool, a jacuzzi. They have um, axe throwing, they have like cricket type equipment. Her favorite, Ashley's favorite thing was the, the swing. The swing. They have these uh, four swings, and they're like the rope type. Yes, it was uh, very material, fun. <laughs> uh, swings, and they, uh, the hill is so steep that you swing and you kind of swing it over over the edge of the hill. It's really cool, but you know, it's it's like they were redoing it five years ago and just stumbled upon all these mm-hmm. body parts and tissues, and so they didn't. There was just so many. I think what. I can't remember how many they said, but there was just so many. They had to, they just left some of them there and they took some into the morgue. The morgue was a place, people were like, there's a morgue there? And yes, it was a cancer hospital and there was a morgue and there was a body freezer. And he would keep the bodies in that body freezer until he could get get rid of them, Mm -hmm. essentially. And he would keep them and put blocks of ice in there to make sure they didn't smell. Yep. And we got to go into the morgue. The morgue, I think, is the eeriest feeling of the whole building. Mm-hmm. Everything else is very light and airy. And you go into the morgue, which is, of course, in a basement. And it's instantly like, I feel gross down here. Yeah, it's... Um, I've had experiences with morgues my whole yes. life. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yes, but, he's weird. But it's it, it, it was the same kind of feeling. Yeah. His dad owned a crematorium when he was a kid and he would just move bodies out of the way to get his go-kart out. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. My father ran a transport service for funeral homes and and managed a crematory uh, that we lived beside. (laughs) So, um, so but it was was that, it was that same, that same feeling of just death, almost like a hollow, hollow. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. it. It was, it was just a, a death feeling you could tell there was there had been death there and so like i said wasn't scary but it was definitely a different feeling from the rest of the building and it was very cool it was very cool but we got out of there as soon as we were done he took a picture with me and we skedaddled on out of there we went and got some wine and then we went to bed It's a great day. We slept pretty good there. Yeah, we did. Even after the scratching, we slept yeah. pretty good. I highly recommend it. Should we talk about when we got home and I was looking up pictures? Yes. So those were, you know, the scratching and my arm getting caressed by a piece of hair or by something I could not see were our only encounters while we were there. But when we got home, so our son loves this stuff, like loves the paranormal like I do. It's kind of the one thing that we have in common, like we have a lot of things in common, but that's like the one thing that him and I could just sit and talk about. And I have to remind myself he's 13 sometimes because it's like, okay, I don't want to freak him out. But we were looking at pictures and my daughter, who's terrified of this stuff, was looking with me because she was fascinated and repulsed Mm. at the same time. And I had seen a woman in the window and it was 
a, a living woman, of course. But we, both, we both saw her she, yes. arm. Yes, she moved. Yeah, her body was in the window, and yeah. when she moved, both of us saw her move. Right. And so I took a picture of the building on the side of the building by the pool and didn't really look at the picture, but we were looking at it, and I was showing Daisy the arm, and I was like, look, it's an arm. Do you think it's real? Do you think it's a ghost? What do you think? And she goes, oh, that's, a, that, that's not just an arm, but Mom, who's standing in the window underneath her? Which was the dining room. Dining room, which they had a wedding in the next day. And it was a Victorian, I want to say was, it appeared to be a Victorian era female in a Victorian appropriate era type dress with like the white apron across the shoulders with the black bodice down into, it almost looked like a maid type. Yeah. And, uh. Yes, it was very interesting. You can see what appears to be eye sockets, a nose, and a hair pulled back into a bun. And then beside her looks like there's half of a face, a man's face, with a tie and a white shirt and a black jacket. And then so I started looking at other windows. And in one window on the second floor, there is a man's face. Not a skeleton, not a, I don't know. I'm like, do you think there's a window cling there? Do you think they put a window cling? Because that's a face. It's a legit face. Yeah, there's there's definitely some anomalies in the windows. Yes. I, and, I will say that. Yes. And then on the third floor above the morgue, there is another face that is a man's face. It looks like Norman Baker. I'm not even going to lie. It looks like it would be Norman Baker, but like a death version. <laughs> And I'm like, they don't put window clings on the window. Anybody, anybody from Eureka Springs and Crescent Hotel can go over there and go into those rooms and send me pictures of the windows to see if there's window clings. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I don't think they, I don't think they would do that. But there were definitely, I think some of them were just reflections. Mm -hmm. um, but there were definitely. It was weird. Multiple anomalies looking in the windows. From the yes. Pictures. And it's funny because I took pictures of other parts of the building and there's nothing in those windows. You can see reflections of trees and such, but not faces. Yeah. Not faces. So it was really, it was really cool. And just speaking of the town, we went and we celebrated Mardi Gras mm -hmm. with some of the locals and some other tourists. So much fun. That was so much fun. There was a group of ladies at one hotel. They, they said they rent that. Every year. Every year and just throw people beads and you don't have to show body parts. They just. Yes. They say, well, you don't have to show anything. We just don't want to, you know how heavy these are. <laughs> We're not taking them home. Yeah. So they just throw everybody beads. Um, and just going from, from little store to store, shop to shop. Um, everybody's like, there's a parade at two. Make sure you go um, to the parade. And uh, asking where we were from. Uh, and just, like I said, just incredibly welcoming, kind, nice. Um, and just very refreshing. It was it, very it, nice. The streets are either straight uphill or downhill. Um, <laughs> or curvy. So yeah. And Paperclip. So curvy. Uh, I wouldn't say it's walking friendly, but you can, everything. If you really, like a challenge. Everything's really close together. And I think I really think we walked around downtown probably about three times while we were just walking around looking at all the shops. Mm -hmm. Um we ate at Mud's Cafe Annex, yes, very, which was delicious. My, I would definitely recommend the uh, oven roasted turkey sandwich 
It was mm-hmm. delicious. Their service there was phenomenal. Self-serve coffee. So self-serve coffee. You can get it until three o'clock every day. You can just walk in and get a cup of coffee. Yep. They are, I mean, completely, to say nice is an understatement. Yeah. The, our server there was a beautiful redheaded female who yeah. was just so nice and kind and wonderful service. Yeah. We were going to eat at the... Basin Hotel. The Basin Hotel, which is the sister hotel of Crescent. But they, because the parade was coming on, all the seats outside were taken and people were just kind of sitting there waiting. So we waited for probably about 45 minutes and then realized that people weren't getting up because the parade was going to start. So we just went outside and found a spot to stand uh, to enjoy the parade. We also ate at Eureka Springs Eats and Treats, a.k.a. Hillside Eats and Sweets, and it was very good. The service was great. And if you go, you decide to go check out Eureka Springs, go check them out. It's everything is really great. Yeah, it really was. Very, very unique um, atmosphere. Very chill. Yes. Bohemian. Very very laid back. uh, Beautiful views of the Ozarks. Um, The Christ at the Ozark, the the 67-foot Jesus. Yes. Just really, just a really unique place to go visit. I, yeah. would, I would definitely recommend it. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. And I would say tell them Ashley from Ghost Gossip sent you, but they're going to be like, who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. just go and enjoy it and really just take in the history and the culture and the, the really great hospitality. Yeah. But we are planning on doing, trying to do one of these trips, maybe not every month, but more often. Mm-hmm. And the next place we want to go is either going to be Charleston mm-hmm. or Brushy Creek Penitentiary in Tennessee. Yep. So both of those are driving distance for a weekend. So we won't be flying. We'll be driving our next haunted weekend. Have, and hopefully we won't fall asleep or have turbulence while we're driving. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> I, I we, don't hope, want, we don't want to become ghosts. Though. No, we do not want to become ghosts on the way. We don't want to become a story. No. Okay. We don't want to become the story. As my dad says, don't be the story, be mm-hmm. the storyteller. Yep. So, With that, I want to thank you for listening, and I have missed you all. I'm going to try to do better, and we're going to have some special guests. My friend Jenny is going to be coming on one day with me. Maybe I can get another friend on here, and maybe Daniel will make some, you know, some appearances here and there, but we're going to try to be a little bit more present. Also, don't forget, if you have a ghost story, an encounter, a haunted house, or maybe an experience with guardian angel, or maybe an extraterrestrial experience, something that is unknown and unexplained, please email it to me. You can reach me at ghostgossip247 at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at ghostgossippodcast. So come and share your ghost stories with me. I absolutely love discussing this stuff and I find it fascinating. So don't feel scared. Don't feel intimidated. Don't think I'm going to think you're crazy because you're not crazy. So... Tell me your stories. I want to hear them. Until we meet again, as always, they'll see you later.